Welcome to episode 63. Do you have a late talking child in your life? Oftentimes it is not child's fault that they are late talking. Find out more by listening to this episode. Today's guest is Marcia Meltzer, who is a past single mom of two adult children from Palmetto, Florida, and she helps parents and caregivers connect with late talking children in their life and facilitate functional speech faster than therapy. She has a coaching platform called Waves of Communication, and she has authored two books to equip and empower parents to find speech no matter what is causing the delay. Thank you for reviewing, downloading, and subscribing to our podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you. Now be the messenger of hope and share this episode with one of your friends. Enjoy this conversation with Marcy. How would you like to master your mind to transform your life, overcome anxiety, trauma, doubt, and suffering to win daily and enjoy a life of confidence, peace, and freedom? This is your unique opportunity to work directly one-on-one with me in a breakthrough coaching. If you are interested, you can check out the link below and schedule your 45-minute discovery session to see if we are a fit. Welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. I am your host, Irina Shehovtsov, and I am on a mission to empower broken-hearted women to break the chains of the past and move forward boldly into the future. Single Parent Success Stories was created to inspire single parents out there who are struggling to help them realize what is possible. Hello and welcome to Single Parent Success Stories. Today's guest is Marcy Meltzer, and she comes to us from Palmetto, Florida. Marcy is a past single mom of two adult children. She currently helps parents and caregivers connect with late-talking children in their life and facilitate functional speech faster than therapy. She has a coaching platform called Waves of Communication, and she has authored two books to equip and empower parents to find speech no matter what is causing the delay. Welcome, Marcy. It is a pleasure to have you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So tell us, share with us, how did you become a single parent? What are some of the struggles you faced in your journey? Well, I think I became a single parent because I chose a husband who was not equipped to be a team player. Um, I am a caregiver by nature and I was able to fill this guy's boxes. I took care of him. I could make a household. I could, I can't cook. That is one thing. But um, he saw me as somebody who took care of everything. And so he didn't. And Um, In the process of that, I also took on, I have a tendency to take on too much. And when I was self-employed and working for myself and managing my household and all of that, and my ex-husband wasn't able to step up, um, it wasn't until our lives were falling apart. We were going through bankruptcy. I was losing the business. He was losing his job. There was a lot going on. And, um, and 
I realized that I could take my kids and rebuild for us if he would help. But this go around, if he couldn't join me, I was inviting him to go his own way because I didn't have, I I couldn't rebuild his own career and life and all of that in addition to my own career and life and raise these kids. And at that time, my kids were four and seven little girls. And we, I was working for myself. I had had a business that grew big and then went bankrupt and I had to fire staff. So I had to get out of Dodge. I was in Chicago at that time and I had to move. My husband had lost his job and I said, we're going out West. I got a job in this very rural Arizona town, South of Vegas. And it was kind of a way to get started over basically. And he couldn't join me. He couldn't do the restart. He wanted me to stay back in that area and start over. And that's, I guess, where we re- I really realized that if I was going to make it with my kids, I, he was excess baggage. I hate to say it, but I can't help. I couldn't help him help himself. Even though I was a caregiver, it just depleted me too much to do that. So then we were out West. I was a single mom and all I had was my degree as a speech therapist. And I was a contractor from then on. I worked literally at a different place every year, moving, trying to find a place to resettle, get my kids. My kids had to move. We moved 11 times in 13 years. Um, just trying to restart and refind a place. But what I always did was prioritize my kids' experience because I could work as a speech therapist anywhere with old people, with babies, at hospitals, at schools, wherever I could get a job. But it was always focused on my kids and their education and helping them evolve through. And we used the changes of new towns, new friends, new things to help our lives evolve. So my kids didn't get stuck. They definitely were used to problem solving and used to changing. And that's kind of how I represented myself. Instead of caring for them, I couldn't anymore. I didn't even have a partner to help care for me, right? I had to divvy up some of that responsibility. And I raised really independent girls through all of that. Wow. Wow. What an experience. Yeah. What are some of the challenges that you faced? Well, of course, whenever you're on your own with little kids and you're in a new town where you don't have family or friends or anyone else outreach, you really do learn to um, get your kids independent. And I think that was the biggest lesson was to equip and empower my kids to do as much as they could on their own with my guidance and, and treat them more like coaches than babies to be cared for. And it probably made them grow up a little bit faster, you know, than other kids did. But as I look back now, they're both really advanced. You know, they've finished degrees, they're working hard in their programs, and they're also not settling. You know, whenever they found a boyfriend or a girlfriend, one of my daughters is gay. She found a wife and she settled with that. And despite all of the flashback they got in high school, she rode through all those changes. And I think it's just because I tried really hard myself to represent to them the best person I could be, you know, so that they could see me as an example and 
equip them to be as independent as they could to be, you know, do things the right way, you know, as much as you can. <laughs> lead by example. I just had to lead by example. And thank God, I, I also really connected with my kids to show them my example. So I didn't share all the hardest hards, but they saw all the struggles. You know, if the car was breaking down and we were on the side of the road, they were there with me and they watched how I problem solved that situation. I tried to keep my head together. I tried to use my resources. And that's the other thing that I did naturally because I was always moving and shifting. My work was always shifting. I'm just really good at seeing what's available around me and using that because maybe resources that you had, I had in one town, I didn't have in another town and I would have to shift. And through evolving through that, we really learned a lot about what we're capable of, what we can do ourselves and what, especially now I'm realizing what I need to hire people for because I'm just not good at and I'll save my money and energy instead of wrecking something that I, I won't be happy with or I'll fix it later. I'll hire somebody for that now because I've learned my capabilities, but it was only because I pushed beyond them, honestly, Arena. I mean, that's what you have have to do you can't look at your situation as limiting you just have to look at it as it is you know and that's what i did yeah well congratulations i applaud you for that and i think uh, change is the only constant in life so you kind of you start them early and they got adapted to this uh, constant movement and being able to adapt to the situation yeah. And I always had this philosophy, this saying that carried me through. In fact, I even titled my book, if it isn't fun, it isn't fun. And the second half of that is when it's not fun anymore, because maybe it was fun, but circumstances change like a marriage. It was fun when you got married. It was fun when you first had the babies. It was fun when they're having tantrums. Not so fun. You know what I mean? It always happens that circumstances change, like you said. But no matter why it changes or how it changes, it could be the worst situation. You lose all your money in bankruptcy. I lost my house. I lost everything, my marriage, my all of that. What are you going to do? You have to see, I have something left. At least I have my degree or I have my kids or I have my house or I have my, you know, wits about me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and learn what you do have and learn how to use it. Practice how to use it to get better at what you're good at because when you create value in yourself that's when it doesn't matter where you go you carry the value with you and i think that's what i really taught my kids if you had an opportunity to go back in the past would you do anything differently oh boy would i do anything differently i don't think so i mean there were times that were really challenging, you know, um, but I learned from every one of them and I wouldn't be who I am today without the good, the bad and the ugly. So, um, you know, things I wanted, I went for, I don't have any regrets. I didn't stay. I think if I had stayed and tried to do when other people said, don't go do that crazy thing or move across the country or do that other, if I had listened to those people, I wouldn't be where I am now, which I feel is a very good place. In fact, the best place of my life. Now that my kids are grown, I'm 56. I own my business. I even left the whole field at speech therapy 
therapy because it wasn't fun anymore. And I'm doing my own career, my own way. So I can't say, I mean, it has been a ride. That is for sure. And, um, but I am better for it. So yeah. And I was just saying, I wished I had, the only thing I wish that would have been different is I wished I had a podcast like this back when I was going through it. And I wasn't just like trial and error and meditating. I mean, I did learn from all those errors, but perhaps I would have made fewer of them if there was a podcast like this around. And I had somebody like me showing me that it was worth it because it's easy for me to say this on the other end, you know, that in 10 years or 20 years, you'll be looking back on all this and not a podcast talking about it. But, um, you know, if I knew then what I know now, it would have been just keep swimming, just keep at it, just keep doing what feels good. And if it isn't fun, it isn't fun. Because I didn't always know that, Arena. I think I learned that through the process that like, look, I have a choice about all of this terrible stuff that's going on around me to be live a miserable life. And I saw people around me also, you know, you're in the mid 30s, how a lot of people are getting divorced and all that stuff. And then even now, again, it's come around with COVID. Because the parents that I'm working with, they used to be able to rely on therapies, just like I was working. And even therapists used to be relying on their things. My daughter is a speech therapist and her world changed because of COVID. Um, and just now because of her experience with me as an adapter, you know, I just, you be flexible and then you can find the fun. And so my advice to anybody is as bad as it is just slow down, take a breath and find a little fun because that's what'll get you out of the depths of, you know, it'll never be better. And it will, everything's temporary. Like you said, change is constant. And um, at the end, you'll be better for it. You'll be, say that to yourself if you're struggling now. I will be better for this later because it's true. Yeah, yeah, so true. In fact, I recommend everybody to practice 10 minutes of fun every day. Hey, Serena, jumping back here real quick. In a single moment, your whole life can change. Will you choose to fight it or invite it? Sacred Surrender is a new book I recently co-authored. What does surrender mean for you? Do you believe that you came here on purpose? Do you believe that you are here to be part of something bigger? To remember the path that leads to your divinity, wholeness, and destiny? May these stories remind you that life is always happening for you. If you like to get your copy and read my story, check out the link in episode notes. 10 minutes of fun every day, the perfect antidote to <laughs> depression. No pills necessary. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever makes uh, your... Uh, let's your heart sing whatever brings That's right even if it's singing in the shower even if it's taking a longer shower right if it's that you know that walk that extra uh, binge watch of youtube whatever 10 minutes of i just want this for me i think it's a wonderful suggestion yeah yeah what do you think is the most important trait to instill in the child connection 
the ability to connect with people um, and how to do that in a way that protects yourself, um, you know, so that you can learn from every connection and interaction, um, learn that this is the person for you or the person not for you, instead of just connecting with people like we grew up, I don't know how old you are, but in my generation, we were paired up with people, you know, and these are even people in arranged marriages and things like that. You know, you should be with the people who are in your club or in your community or in your sect or in your whatever, all of that. And just practice teaching your kids to connect with everybody and yeah they'll get their feelings hurt sometimes because they're reaching out and sharing their love with the world but they will also learn how to protect themselves from those things and you're there with them it's not like you're sending them out to the lions show them how to connect with people even through your own connections like i said if you're there and you're dealing with the cop because you're getting a speeding ticket your kids are watching. How do you connect with that police officer? Are you being kind? Are you being understanding? Are you listening to them? Because that's how you want your kids to connect to you so you can teach them things and get them the rules. And it's how they will learn from everywhere. Because if you are a single parent and you are one lens, your one source, of information, of truth, of everything. And remember, if you were programmed by parents, you didn't believe everything they said either. So teach your kids to connect with people in a way that they find their truth. And then they'll choose. They find who they want to connect with. And you're showing them the value of that. I think that's what I teach people in my program. You know, people come to me because their kids are not talking or because they're doing behaviors they don't want. They want change in their circumstance. And first thing I do is I advise them to have a little fun, just like you do every day. And the second thing I advise them to do, well, first is connect with their kiddo and then find the fun because your kiddo will show you what's fun. They show you what they love and what's more fun than connecting with your children and equipping them to be successful and watching them thrive. Now I get to watch them get married and grow in their businesses and do these fun things because I taught them how to connect with the right people, with good bosses, with good schools, with good partners. And now I don't have to worry about them. I'm the one that's single. They're the ones that have got these fabulous lives. <laughs> Although my life is fabulous as a single, I guess. <laughs> I connect with everybody. So I don't need one partner right now. I just, I am enjoying what I'm learning from connecting because I have a podcast too. And that's how we met is, you know, a joint podcast situation because I've learned so much about other people that are out there helping people connect and learn from each other. And that's what we're all here for. Awesome. I, yeah, I love it. I think a connection is very important. It's like a lifelong skill never grows old and uh, it's right. important and i don't think it's actually taught enough in school i mean yeah they put you in the classroom but then you're kind of I on agree. your own a lot of parents are worried about their kids passing tests at the school you know are they going to make the grade are they going to get the job are they going to find the girlfriend are they you know that's what parents get worried about their kids doing what they've got to do and really you don't have to worry about that at all that I didn't even have time to worry about that. I was doing so much building a business and raising single kids and, you know, taking care of myself and all that. What you do is 
trust that your kids are watching you because they are. You are their point of reference. And when you represent the adult that you want your kids to grow up into, they will and they do. Mine did. They're their own versions of it, you know, but I see myself in them. It's the beautiful. It's so beautiful, right? And that's what you want is you say, hey, that's my kid. She's better than me. She took what I gave her and she's better than me. And then you go, all right now bring me grandkids whatever right <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> yeah so tell us yeah what was the turning point that you decided you know to pursue your own business and now you help other kids start speaking well, again, it did, it started to not be fun. You know, it's just like with relationships. I decided it was a lot easier and more fun for me to connect with a lot of social friends. So I joined social groups and I meet partners that way. And I see them because again, I spend a lot of time taking care of myself. So I go, I visit that with them when I do that thing, when I volunteer or when I, you know, do those jobs. And then when I connect with my clients, that's the other thing you see, because I need that connection. I used to work one-on-one -on -one with little kids and touch them and hug them and wipe their noses and do all that stuff and even my own kids and now they're grown and moved out and I live by myself with my cats and I was kind of using my therapy as a connection sort of a my last sort of bit of codependency on I fix other people you know um because that's what I was programmed as a speech therapist to do was it was my job to get kids talking and as I was making my own self evolution and finding good friends, you know, and that kind of thing and realizing how fun it is to just not have any expectations and just connect with everybody and teach everybody that the restriction of world of speech therapy was holding me back. They were telling me how to work. They were telling me who to work with. They were telling me what I needed to do and how I needed to do it in order to get paid. You got to do this paperwork or this thing or that thing. And it just started to not be fun anymore. And so I took a little break from it and, and did some self-analysis while my kids are growing up in this sort of midlife crisis thing. And I learned how to develop a YouTube channel and invite people who are ready. So the right people are finding me, they're getting the coaching they want, and it's win-win. I'm not dealing with parents who, when I'd show up at their house, they'd think I was the babysitter or uh, trying to get me to diagnose their kid or tell them, fix their kid for them instead of equipping them to do it. Now, people show up to work with me like they show up to work with you. They're ready to make change and they want somebody to help them guide them through the process but remember even the parents aren't making these kids talk what they're doing is equipping the kids like i equip mine to go out and get jobs and find their own life equip their own kids to go out and find their speech and find their own life because when you teach them to connect with other people they'll learn to talk from everyone and then they can talk with everyone they're not learning sign language or some picture system or the stuff that they teach them in therapy a lot of times this is really and and the good news about this too is because i remember when I was a mom, thank God my kids didn't have anything wrong, but one was a musician and the other one was a volunteer addict because they were in school trying to get their hours and all their stuff for it. So I was 
schlepping kids around to lessons and and volunteer gigs and all of that stuff as a single mom trying to work my job. And the more I equip them to be independent of me, the better they got. And that's how, you know, I want to coach everybody to do that. And that's what I do with these parents. I'm like, I want to coach you to teach your kids to talk without me faster than therapy. You don't need me. You just need to connect with your child and teach them how to learn from you. And then you can do it. And so now it's been almost, I'm in my fifth year of this level of coaching and it's happening for parents all over the world. They're realizing that their connections, maybe even their marriage, but their connection with their therapist, their connection with their NHS system, their connection with their insurance policy, all of those things weren't getting them where they were wanted to be. But when they connected with their child and decided to teach them themselves, the kids started talking. And so that's what's so amazing about the Waves of Communication platform. That's incredible. So can you share a tip? My favorite tip, yes. If you are, you have a late talker who's not really using words to ask for what they want. A lot of parents want, think they want to teach their kids to say, I want X, right? And so they'll hold the thing back and say, if you want the cookie, say, I want cookie. And then they give it to them. This is my idea. Give up, I want. Nobody says that in real life, you know? And remember, before you actually would say, I want, you're thinking other things before that. You're thinking, I'm hungry. I'd like to have a cookie. I wonder where I can get a cookie. Hmm. Then you go to mom, who you know has the cookies, and then you say, I want a cookie. Or somehow you communicate with that mom. You drag her over to where the cookies are or something like that. And so... Instead of telling the kid to say what you already know, they've non-verbally communicated that they want a cookie. Talk about those things they were thinking before, right? So you're hungry. You want a snack. You're thinking about cookies because that's what he's pointing at. You know what they're thinking about because they're pointing at it, right? So start talking about interpreting not just what they're doing right now, but what they were doing before and why they're here begging you for screen time. Are they bored? Why are they begging you for a snack? Are they hungry or are they bored? You know what? You're the one that's going to know why they're communicating. And instead of automatically slipping into a therapist role and teaching them words for that, oh yeah, my kid wants a cookie. Now I'm going to make them say cookie. They already know the word cookie. They just don't know how to use it yet. So when you start talking about cookies, oh, cookies are a good snack. Cookies are something that you can have because now is a good snack time. Or I know you want cookies, but we're going to eat dinner in two minutes. So let's go sit at the table and we'll eat dinner. All of those things are better language that, again, a connected child will be listening to and they're going to learn from. So get out of the teaching mode and worry about pulling words out of your kids. And just when they show you what they're interested in talking about, talk about it. All right. Yeah. So to create the connection, don't just give them the solution. 
That's right. If you give them the solution, they'll keep coming to you to do it for them. And that's not independence, right? Remember, we need these kids to be doing things on their own. Now, you don't want them climbing the cabinets and getting the cookies on their own. You want them to come to you to ask them on their own and get their permission on their own without sneaking around or hiding and doing all those stuff. And that's, again, part of what we teach on the platform is when you're connected with your child, you understand what they want and you can also make your boundaries, right? Like, okay, but it's not time for cookies or you can have two cookies and then tomorrow you can have two more cookies and that's it, you know? So it's about connecting with your child and understanding the meaning of their communication because all behavior is communication. Even the tantrum, even the whining, even the meltdowns, it's all means, it means something. And when you dig in and talk about what it means, that's how you establish that connection. What do you do when kids get angry? Again, it starts with connection because you understand everybody gets angry, right? Everybody gets triggered and you have to understand why they get triggered. So again, you don't say I'm angry. You say so-and-so took my toy. Mm -hmm. Right. So instead of labeling your angry, you have to connect with the child and talk about why they're angry, because that's why they would com communicate with you. I understand. Wow, that was not nice. This is a situation you are in. No wonder you are upset. You have to have some empathy for that. You don't have to give in to it. But at least you have to meet the child where they are before you can guide them to your solution. And I think that's the other thing. A lot of parents are quick to jump in and I'll solve this problem, you know, because the kids put their parents in that situation. Solve this problem for me. Solve this problem for me. But again, I didn't do it. When I was a parent, I did the most I could to have my kids right there with me. And I couldn't help it. They were little. I was there getting car accidents and, you know, all the stuff that I was happening to me. And they were there witnessing my ups and downs and all that stuff. So, you know, um, they learned a lot. Like I said, they grew up fast, but they grew up wise. They realized where they could get help and where they can't because they would try to connect with people that wouldn't connect with them and they would say okay this isn't fun I'm moving on to find someone who is fun because connection is fun and success is fun when you solve something when you create something when you finish your cake when you finish your book you finish your job you finish your whatever every time when I was working I would move on to a new place I kind of liked that because it was my chance to start out fresh all the bad stuff that was going with that place went away all the good stuff went away too but i had a new opportunity to learn something new awesome awesome is there anything you wanna that uh, you wanna say that i didn't ask you yet i'm just gonna say if you're out there and you're a parent or grandparent of a child or auntie or uncle or anybody out there who has some uh, a late talker in your life right? You're not alone. Just like Arena has a podcast to talk about how to deal with all the things that happen when you feel like you're alone. Um, I'm here to help you facilitate this language facilitation journey with your late talker. And you can visit wavesofcommunication.com, waves like the ocean. And it will, there's all kinds of resources. As long as you're willing to show up and learn, there's things that you can try right now to make your life easier, happier, safer, and a lot more fun with your late talker. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. And I'm going to put the links in the episode notes under the episode so people can find you. Thank you so much for coming on, sharing your wisdom, sharing your story. I think you're incredible. The fact how you changed and you were able to adapt into a new and, and you also instill that in your kids to be comfortable with changes and not be afraid of changes, but rather walk towards your fear or walk towards this and look at it as an opportunity to adventure it's a new adventure yeah yeah because anything in life we can choose to see one way or the other positive or negative there is always a silver lining and finding that (laughs) if it isn't fun it isn't fun and you can always have the option to choose the fun i mean even if you're standing in the pouring rain and you're all wet there's something kind of at least funny about that you know what i mean you, you have to you have to get over yourself and 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 use the resources around you and be adaptable and be flexible and then you'll be happier and you want to be happy every day not just someday when this problem is solved because i promise you when this problem is solved another one will come up totally true Yes. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom. I appreciate having you. Thank you. If you like this episode, please share with somebody who would benefit. You can leave comments, topic suggestions, and add your reviews on Apple Podcasts. It also helps greatly when you download the episode. If you feel lost, emotionally hurt after divorce and want to rediscover who you are, you don't have to do it alone. Join our community on Facebook, Limitless Women, Self-Love, Mindset and Support for Relationships, where we hold trainings and various events to help you thrive and become happy again. Because life after divorce is possible and can even be great. If no one told you today, I want you to know that I love you and believe in you because you are limitless.